Hello and welcome to episode 76 of Brews Less Travel, the podcast exploring the best uncharted craft beer scenes across the U.S. I'm Brian, and as you know, uh, we're exploring a very much not uncharted beer scene this month in San Diego. And to help us make our way through the city in motion, I'm joined by our co-host for this month, Mike Birch. Mike, how's it going? It's going very well. Thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here. And what a bit, nice big group we've got here for the live stream tonight. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Shout out to everybody in the live stream. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing this week, Mike? Oh, real good. Real good. Yeah, everything's going well. We're still having it still in our in our cool down. It was like about 58 degrees today. So, ooh, chilly. Oh, here, here yes. in Fresno in the Central Valley. Central Valley. Yeah, we're we're enjoying the the good beer scene here. Excited to talk about some California beers again and uh yeah. It's all good. I mommy I, I got a broken kitchen sink. We want to talk about that. No, we probably don't want to get into that. No, pr- pr- probably not. Those that those we're getting it fixed. Uh, it's going to get fixed. It's okay. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. I uh, I learned how to make a rose out of deli meat today. I'm pretty excited okay. about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like a magic trick. Uh, somewhat, it it, it is. The, the better the other way, you make a, ro- a a deli meat out of a rose. You know, you can have lunch. Cured free lunch hips. I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be a beer now. I mean, somebody's gonna make a a beer with cured rose hips. Cured. I like that. I like that. Uh, I have a question for you. Um, do you remember the first San Diego craft beer you ever had? Mm, you know the the very first one. Oh, we got someone from San Diego in the chat. Yeah, the first one I, I don't specifically remember, but I would I would guess that it was a little beer called Stone IPA because back in the early teens, uh, late aughts, that was my time for Stone. I lived in New York City, but I I would go if I had a Stone IPA, I'd say this is the best IPA in the world no one makes a better ipa than this and then when i started going to we started going to pony bar and uh i brought up my list like just the first few beers i had stone ipa with liberty hops uh stone cali belgique stone 16th anniversary stone ruination stone pale ale stone oaked arrogant bastard uh and uh oh you know what i really i love is the enjoy by stone enjoy by this date you know uh otherwise it goes bad <laughs> Yeah. I, I told my mother-in-law this one Christmas because uh, she lives out here in California. And I said, oh, yeah, we'll get some get some beers. You know, if you can get that enjoy by 1225, there was a Christmas one. And I said, just get a six pack of that. And, uh, you know, she ended up getting a case of the of the uh, the uh, the leader bottles. So we oh, were like, bombers. We better, oh, boy, no, bombers. We were like, we better enjoy these. We only have today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's no longer available after that. But yeah, yeah, Stone was definitely my my uh my go to for a long time. Still is. I like them very much. Uh, what about yourself? You remember your first San Diego beer? I think it would probably be a Stone. It would probably have to be a Stone too, uh, a Stone IPA. But then you know, I drank Ruination. Uh, we actually served Stone Pale Ale at our uh, wedding quite uh-huh. uh eight, eight years ago. That was really nice to have have that solid beer at the wedding. Um, my favorite stone beer that I ever had was actually uh, Choco Vesa. Their yeah. uh, crazy 
coffee, cinnamon, milk stout that they do to kind of replicate. I think it's a Mexican hot chocolate. I think that's what right. Chocavesa is. Well, and uh, yeah, that was that was a really cool, really cool beer that actually I think the origins of that is the, the person that originally brewed that was a home brewer, won a contest with Stone. They brewed a batch of it as like a commercial size batch and people were like, this is amazing. And then it became their winter seasonal. And now I think they still make it every year. They do. I've I had it. I definitely had it last year uh, at the Captain Brownstout's house. And he's uh, he, he had a few a couple of them around. Uh, it's very good beer. Very good. Yeah, I think it's they they do they make it on both coasts because they have their uh, their brewery in the east, Richmond, which I, yeah, it's in Richmond. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, so put in the chat if anybody else remembers their first San Diego beer. Yeah, thank you for the chat engagement there, Mike. Mike, we got a great episode today. I am stalling a little bit here. I haven't <laughs> uh, seen certain someone in the list there, but anyways, uh, we're in the middle of November and. Uh, it has crept up us, on us out of nowhere. So really today has. we're going to be enjoying uh, some holiday beers. We're featuring two beers that were actually made in San Diego by McKellar SD, the San Diego location of the international brewery, Danish brewery, McKellar. We're going to be drinking their Bahambach as well as their Henry's Holiday Cheer. A point of clarification I would like to get to right off the bat. Please. So, like I mentioned, McKellar is an international brewery. They have numerous locations around the world. They were they were founded as what's known as a, a gypsy style brewery, uh, where they would uh, their founder would jump around to different breweries and and brew recipes with brewers, and they eventually evolved into a contract brewery and then opened multiple locations in around the world and a couple in the United States. And sadly, after we purchased these beers from McKellar, they announced that they were closing their San Diego location. You know, we were hoping to feature McKellar as an example of like the scope of breweries that operate in San Diego. But unfortunately, this location is no longer producing beer and the tap room will be closed at the end of this year. So if you're in San Diego uh, before the end of this year, stop in before it's gone. But yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, uh, it's it's. One of those things of how the how the industry goes. Sometimes it's it's sad to see, but we're excited to be talking here tonight. And we are waiting on a guest. But while we're doing that, why don't we have a beer? Mike, that's a great idea. That's a good way to quell these nerves while I wait for a guest here. <laughs> Every week where where we don't get uh a guest immediately in there and waiting for us. I uh, I get very anxious, very stressed out about it, thinking everybody has technical problems or they don't they don't want to come on the show which is my greatest fear <laughs> and alcohol will help with that is is was was my point that i'm getting to here so we're going to start with the mckellar bahambach let's take a look at this bahambach ordered a little fast there it's got a lot of life to it that's good to see it nice and dark yep all right cheers slancha mm, got nice uh caramely nose on there yeah, despite being called the Baham Bach, it's actually technically a uh, Doppelbach. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. I mean, this is a festive yet traditional German style Bach. It offers a nice balance between the rich and malty sweetness and dry roasty finish you'd come to expect from your European dark lager. You know, it's coming in at 7.2%. It's perfect for sipping uh, alone on those cold winter nights or sharing with friends and family during the upcoming holiday gatherings. It might even put a smile on old Uncle Scrooge's face. Mike, that's great copy. See what I did there? 
That's great beer description copy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is good. It would definitely Very nice. This is perfect for the holidays. When our wonderful beer club subscribers get their box, they get a little order sheet in there that our marketing team puts together. Really beautiful looking and uh, lays out which beers we're going to be drinking on each night throughout the month. Well, put in the chat, folks, what you think about this beauty? Because as a as a as a doppelbock, they nailed the style. It's uh, you said now you you said the word you pronounced it doppelbock doppel doppelbock. Yeah, it's got I, that umlaut over the O. Yeah, doppelbock. I probably heard someone. I probably heard one person say that one time, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's how that word's pronounced because it sounds fancier and it's different than the way that everybody else is saying it." So I'm going to run with that. <sighs> That's that's my style of beer. I really like that quite a lot. Yeah, I, I one of the things that I think is missing from a lot of uh, a seasonal winter beer lists is a nice dark roasty lager. You know, there's a lot of them that are loaded with spices, and we're going to get to a beer like that later. And there's some big stouts and and dark ales that make their appearance this time of year, but not a ton of appreciation for the dark lagers like the Doppelbox. Of course, here in my wonderful city of Pittsburgh, we have a beloved winter seasonal that is a Doppelbach known as Penn's St. Nicholas Bach. Ah. And they do their St. Nick Bach Reserve, which is an 11% version of the Doppelbach. And uh, yeah, I think my craft beer roots are always tied to Pittsburgh. And I think that's why I long for these types of beers when the cold months roll around. And I need something to to warm me up at night. Yeah. And uh, when they say a doppelbach is, you know, basically means double bach, right? So it's got more, just more. It's more. It's more of everything. The more alcohol. So normally when we get a lager, it's not usually as strong as this. But uh, yeah, this is nice, strong. You do get a little booziness, but it feels good. Like it's nice and warming. It's uh, So this is a winner. And we shall miss the uh, SD. I've always been a fan of the... uh, the SD Brewery, a couple of beers they had uh, recently. They had a coffee sour, which was really good. And I forget the name of it, uh, but uh, how to look for it now. It's going to be a, a, a collector's item to get that beer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they, they've always made good stuff. And they, we, when I was in New York, I went to the to the McKellar Brewery there, and they had they were making really nice stuff. And they also had uh, closed uh, just last year. The, um, the brewery itself was in... City Field, where yeah. they uh, where they had uh, played the uh, the baseball games, and uh, so it was a uh, it was really fun to just leave the game and go around back and and there was this great place to hang out, uh, really cool. Yeah, it's uh, gonna be missed there, and it'll certainly be missed out here in California. And they also have tap rooms too. There's one in San Francisco. There's a big tap room they have in Los Angeles. So uh, I don't know how many of those are gonna be hanging around. We'll have to. I have to take a look at that. Yeah, hope for the best for everybody that's involved in those. Those, you know, those people that are working the day to day shifts and and doing the tap room jobs and stuff like that at those places. Yeah, you know, you you, you worry for them. Um, McKellar will still, as far as I know, continue to contract brew in the United States. So a lot of their beers still will be found around. It just may see some of these locations that go away, like we saw with with these two locations, like you mentioned, the City Field location and our SD location that we're figuring. Uh, featuring tonight comment in the chat from nick big fan of their can art i think oh, it's yeah. one of the things that mckeller is probably most well known for is their very stylistic can art uh which the majority if not all has been done by an artist named keith shore uh-huh who's very 
very well known for that cartoon, comic-y style artwork. Yeah, and I feel like he was known before there was McKellar, but uh, I'm sure I saw his work uh, somewhere else as well. I know he's done a lot of uh, collaborations and stuff like that. He's done a lot of collaborations with Major League Baseball. I think he did a big like Garbage Pail Kids collaboration. They uh-huh. put out a reissue of all the all those cards, and he designed a bunch of them, a bunch of those cards for that reissue. Right on. Yeah, yeah, and his, and that just the 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 McKellar guy uh, is just a, a such a recognizable uh, symbol in the in the beer industry, so people know. Uh, exactly what you're getting you don't need to put the name up you see that art and you see that character and you know uh it's great branding especially with the so many uh, having so many uh breweries and uh and uh, distribution so far away that you know exactly what we're looking at i'm set to take a sip in the middle of my sentence i'm sorry i have to get back to the beer guys oh boy there you go nick is familiar with keith shore do you know the name of that mckeller guy he has a name he has a name. Uh, he does. I don't know it offhand. His name is Henry. Aha. That makes sense uh, for our second beer. Yes. Yes. I, yeah, I forgot the other beer actually had Henry in the name. I just always see that and think, oh, that, that's that's Henry. That's Henry. Mike, we, you've been here for one episode. You've, you've, of course, loyal listener to the show. You've heard the rapid fire questions before. You've seen them take place. I, I think we should hit you with some rapid fire questions so we can get to know you okay. a little bit better. So Mike rapid fire questions. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Fast questions, fast answers. My beer. Help us get to know you fast. Let's go. What's your favorite beer of all time? Favorite beer of all time. Um, it could be this one night when I had a, uh, Firestone Walker double Jack in an eight ounce Ooh. glass. And I was so, I had to just like, lay my head on the table i had like just a couple sips it was so piney it was so hoppy i couldn't believe a beer could be that level of hoppiness and i I just lost my mind in that moment as a moment in time that was my that's one of the like best beers ever had yeah excellent but you know it's always changing it's always changing right now it's this uh this uh bah humbach (laughs) it's my favorite beer (laughs) wonderful way way to tow the company line thank you do you remember your first job related to beer? Ooh, first job related to beer. Well, I did work. I've always worked in restaurants, so it was always related to food. Uh, they served beer in the restaurants. I worked at Tom Foolery's restaurant. That was the first place I worked. Westboro, Massachusetts. Shout out. Oh, shout uh, out to Mass. So I used to make the uh, my first job was being a prep cook where I made the mozzarella sticks. We made them by hand. These actually took pieces of the pieces of cheese, dipped them in the egg wash. No, wait, dip them in flour, egg wash, Dredge them, egg wash, breadcrumbs back to the egg wash, back to the breadcrumbs. One. Yeah. <laughs> Extra crispy was, style. Oh, man. And they were so good, but it was like, oh, it was, it was a pain to make them. Mike Birch, hand breading extraordinaire. And also yeah. something we haven't talked about much on this show, actor. That's true. Uh, so drama or comedy. Uh I said comedy just to that's that's because uh, that well let me show you my face. <laughs> See, I mean, it's hard. I do. I can. I am a dramatic actor, but, you know, I have to be very careful. Just one move and and it's a back to comedy. But, yeah, I've been more of a comic actor my whole life. I still I do stand up comedy and uh, I do 
comedy music. I've been here and uh, getting around Fresno with my music. I had my band Fish and Chips for many years. So, uh, yeah, comedy. Although I did do a one-man Hamlet, which uh, which was dramatic, but also funny because I was playing all the roles. I would hope people weren't laughing too much when I was playing Ophelia. Oh, my God. I have so many questions. One One-man Hamlet. Uh, can I find that anywhere on the internet? You can find clips of it on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Mike Birch's one man Hamlet. I found our good friend Glenn's clip from when he uh, did an interview with Mark Marin, And I was very, very right. happy to find that. Uh, shout out friend of the show, Glenn. My biggest claim to fame though, would be doing videos for the key of awesome, which was a very popular YouTube channel. Shout it out in the, it's a chat. If anybody knows people in there early to mid twenties at this point would know because it was very popular with the preteens and, and young teens. It was a music parody channel. Key of awesome. So it was sort of a modern day weird Al Yankovic kind of thing. So they did a uh, hundred and something key of awesomes. Plus they did other videos, comedy videos. So oh. I, I was in about 150 videos overall uh, between wow. 20, 20, uh, 2010. Dale has found one minute Hamlet clips. Uh, between 20, 2010 and 20, no, I'm sorry, 2008, because we started with a, uh, the, the Obama girl was the first uh, big hit. Uh, I've got a crush on Obama. If anybody remembers Obama girl. So if you go from 08 to about 2019, I was in 150 videos with the, the key of awesome, very uh, many millions of views. Wow. Yeah. Before this show, my biggest, uh, claim to internet fame is I've been interviewed on the news a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a second. You're the host of Bruiseless Travels. I said before this. Oh, before this. Okay. Uh Celine's fiance remembers Obama Girl. Yeah, I was in the very second Obama Girl video, uh, which great. got cut, so no one ever saw it. But I was in a bunch of those Obama Girl videos. I uh I don't remember Key of Awesome. I was a Shmo Yoho guy. Oh, so yeah. I, I knew I those guys. Was a fan of a competitor. Yeah, I know Michael uh uh, uh Gregory. In fact, he just had he just had yeah. a big hit with, with the corn song. Gregory Butters. Yeah, it's corn. It's corn. It's a big lump with knobs. This <laughs> guy has the juice. I don't know what it is. They just managed to, he just manages to focus in on the zeitgeist and he just, he just nails he's, it every time. He's so good. They're so talented. Uh, every one of the Gregory brothers. In 2010, the biggest uh, YouTube video was, it was the uh, Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wife video. If you remember that, since you're a Schmoyo Antoine, guy. Antoine Dodson. Ant Antoine yep. Dobson. The number yep. two video was, the Kesha parody by Key of Awesome, 2010. So we were right behind them. I actually performed on stage with them uh, uh, one time, the Gregory Brothers. YouTube heyday star, yeah, YouTube, Mike Oh, Birch. yeah, YouTube heyday. It was, it, was, oh, it, was, man. it was a time. You're taking me back. That was uh, vegging out, trying to make it through uh, liberal arts college, trying mm -hmm. to get a journalism degree and, and vegging my time on YouTube. All right, Mike, final rapid fire questions. These are the most, these are the least rapid rapid fire questions, but <laughs> get my it life makes story sense because these are the least bruise less traveled episodes because we're featuring San Diego. So Mike, have you ever seen a UFO? I mean, technically, I suppose everyone has. Uh, if Because you see something in the sky, you don't know what it is. That would be a UFO, okay. unidentified flying object. Okay. How about? But I would say no. I say I would okay. say. I guess I probably haven't. No. All right. Have you have, have you had any paranormal, inexplicable interactions, encounters in your life? Not really. I mean, I'm pretty much a down to earth, literally kind of person. 
Okay. So even if something was to happen, I'd probably be like, I don't know. I don't know if that really happened. You'd rash you're, you're the you're the rational <laughs> rational character in the movie, exactly. in the scary movie. Yeah. Nah, I don't think that was real. <laughs> that wasn't. We'll worry about that. Anytime something, and... anytime I see a video or or something weird, it's like, yeah, no, they put that up there. That's uh, that's that's just a they 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 photoshopped that. <laughs> it is said that there is a grift for everyone. There's a conspiracy. There's a conspiracy theory for everyone. Do you have a conspiracy theory, a cryptid, a monster story that 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 you believe Ooh. in that you're holding out hope in? For me. I believe in I, I I hold out hope for Bigfoot. All the other stuff is curious to me, and I think it's it's funny for the most part. I there's deep in my heart, I hold out hope that Bigfoot's real and he lives in Oregon or Washington. I like that idea. I like that idea. Well, as an as an actor, I believe in some of the uh, the curses. So, like, I don't I don't like to say the name of the Scottish play anywhere. Okay, because it is it is cursed. And people will say, you don't say it. You're not supposed to say it when you're in a theater. But even in context, like, like people just always do bad productions of it. It's, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Like things go wrong with that play. Uh, so I believe in that. If, if anything, don't say the, the Scottish, name. the Scottish play is the, to, to be no. or not to be. No, that's Hamlet. That's well, Hamlet. Oh, can, the other one. Can put it in the chat. The okay it ends the, with uh, M and ends with the H. have it your way the have it your way Shakespeare play there you go <laughs> yeah there was yeah there was a there was a uh, there was a movie that, uh, that that they made a few years ago Scotland PA it was called it was like a hipster movie but it was like it was all based on on the Scottish play but it was uh, they ate at a restaurant's called Macbeths and it was a fast food chain. <laughs> and all the all the things happened. It was like MC Beths, and uh, <laughs> uh, that's wonderful. So, thank you. Rapid fire questions, Mike. Yeah, I think it's time for another beer. Let's take a beer break and talk about the San Diego Zoo, quite possibly the most famous place in San Diego and one of the most well-known zoos in the world. The San Diego Zoo is known for its naturalistic animal enclosures and was a pioneer in creating open-air, cageless exhibits. At over 100 acres large, it offers its 3,700 residents ample space in a comfortable setting with exhibits that mimic the animal's natural habitats. The zoo was founded in 1921, and the very next year, the first cageless-style exhibits were built, starting with the lion enclosure. The zoo has grown throughout the years and is now the most visited zoo in the United States, playing host to over 3 million visitors annually. The zoo has also made massive contributions to conservation, raising countless endangered species and reintroducing them back into the wild. The San Diego Zoo Institute for Conservation Research is the largest zoo-based research effort in the world, with more than 200 scientists researching plants, animals, and habitats throughout the world in an effort to increase the impact of their conservation efforts. Located in beautiful Balboa Park, the San Diego Zoo is certainly a tourist attraction, but one worth braving the crowds for an unforgettable experience unlike any zoo in the world. And to tie it all into this week's conversation, it just so happens that the first video ever uploaded to YouTube was a video titled Me at the Zoo, and it featured a young man at the elephant enclosure of the San Diego Zoo. Now, let's get back to the show. 
we're going to do a very interesting beer. The second beer that we chose from McCallor to feature is Henry's Holiday Cheer. And this is a kettle sour ale with cherries and holiday spices. Okay. Let's get go. it. There's some fully work for, for the folks at home. Over in uh, Belgium recently, and they uh, the cherry is popular there, the cherry beer. So let's see how cherry this is. Uh, the problem with those cherry beers they were serving over there, wicked low alcohol. Like, Yeah. What can you do? But speaking of Belgium, I got my holiday Belgian glass here for our holiday beer. Oh, it's got oh, a super it. effervescent. It's really like speaking to me out of the glass. Yeah, it that that cherry and uh, ginger, real buzzy. The ginger Ooh, get those nutmeg. spices right off the nose there. Mm. Oh yeah, there's nutmeg in here. Very subdued on the acidity, blends in the spice character very well. Not big on the head retention, like like most sours, you know. But it's a nice flavor. You know what they say? I get PH ginger PH ale on the nose. Like smells like ginger ale. Just over here stepping on your comments with my dumb jokes. No, no, no. I didn't know what you said. I was gonna say, kill that fruit fly. I was gonna say PHB do killing uh head retention. Do be killing <laughs> that's, oh boy, really. that's like <laughs> so oh it's boy. like so I that's so that's like over my head, and I'm supposed to be a beer expert. Yeah, uh, low, low pH, high, high high concentrations of lactic acid in beer definitely uh, stifles the ability to retain head. That's why most sour beers don't don't have a lot of head. There you go. Thank you for that. And that's typically why you'll see when you go to uh, Lambic breweries, to speak of, of Belgium, the, the best thing that Belgium ever gave us, Lambic, when you go to places that specialize in that, they typically pour those very hard pouring straight into the glass trying to form as much head as they can from that initial pour right on now selena's asking is saying she hopes mermaids are real that's an interesting one now they say that i've i've heard this that mermaids are based on sailors and uh uh ship people that's what they call them seeing actually elephant seals and I, if you ever seen elephant seals in the water which you can out here in california they uh or, or manatees they 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 lean back and their heads are up, but then their tails come up out of the water too. So it looks like, you know, they look like a mermaid kind of relaxing. Of course, they don't have long hair or any hair. No, so I'm not sure how somebody mistook an elephant seal for a beautiful woman. But well, I mean, the pirate's life. You're a little banged up on rum. You got the scurvy Mistake. going. Yeah, yeah. Here, you're low on your citric acid. You're you start mistaking an elephant seal for a beautiful woman, and then you tell everybody about it. And then what do they know? The land lovers, they don't know any better. No, they don't know any better. And I mean, it probably was a real George Costanza situation. Somebody was drunk, they weren't paying attention. They saw this elephant seal, they're like, Whoa, that's a hot lady that has the fish legs too. And uh they wreck their boat. And rather than telling everybody like, oh, hey, you know, I was drunk and I wrecked my boat. They're like, I'll tell you what, matey. I saw a lady that was crossed with a fish. I'll tell you. She lured me towards the rocks and I crashed. <laughs> oh, I like it. Doug has a good point for recruitment purposes. That's mm -hmm. not bad. So to make the uh, to make people think they were going to see that when they go out, go out to sea. Yeah, that's great. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm always debunking. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Celine. Yeah, I'm always trying to 
I'll be honest with you. The any the any anytime the uh, the boat life of the open seas comes up, I, I I think I would have been one of those people that 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 took that opportunity. Do you do you, you know? boat much? Do you get out on the no. on the on the sea? No, terrified. I will be honest with you, Mike. Terrified of the open ocean. We went on a cruise. Uh, I went on a cruise with some <laughs> friends, coworkers earlier this year. Yeah. It was wonderful. One of the scariest experiences was going out at night on the top of the boat and seeing just nothing out there. Yeah. The uncertainty of like, what's below us? What's over there? What's way down there? Yeah. Terrifies me. But, you know, life a couple hundred years ago, I did not get seasick. Nick asked in the chat, did not get seasick, did not get seasick on the cruise. When I got back on land, I felt like I was walking on jello for a week and a half. Wow. But I think back then, you know, life, big struggle, maybe not the most opportunity on land. Take this enticing opportunity of going under the sea, mm-hmm. freedom, maybe meet a lady with some scales. Who knows? <laughs> maybe that would have been my gullible. That would have been my grift that I fell for. Yeah. Mermaid, mermaid, the, the come on this boat with us come plunder with us and uh and you'll you might see a lady with fish scales <laughs> and i'm like yeah that sounds better than dying of dysentery here there's there's all these ladies here in town have fish scales oh there's you normal think I just people want a regular lady? there's there's normal people on land that you could build functional relationships with that'll grow your your appreciation for life <laughs> and and your the general better your general standing in life and happiness and 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 i would be like yeah but the ocean though you know (laughs) the possibility but she'd not have legs and have a fish body instead that's really what i'm looking for (laughs) well you know maybe also uh, some of these men were rejected by all the all the the legged women Figure maybe our chances are better she can't she can't actually get around without a without a fish tank I love I love that it's only men that have these stupid stories because like throughout history, women like stayed home and took care of like the community and and raised children and brewed beer and did stuff like that. And they were like, yeah, we're doing real stuff. Men are going out on boats and creating fairy tales about fish women and and sea monsters. And And yet we call them wives tales. Women are like, we don't we don't have time for that. We're taking care of the community. We're, We're raising people. We're making beer. We're making bread. Too much to do. That's right. Yeah. <sighs> oh boy. I guess that's it. Like, uh, like we weren't given the the uh, uh, burden, not a burden or job of having the child, so we're just free to just go around and make stuff up, and do crazy shit. So, oh, I shouldn't have swore on the show. Or oh, Laura, explicit tag, get on it. <laughs> I think I think I already swore earlier. I mean, it's an adult show. We're talking about beer. Nice. Yeah, oh, that's true. That's true. You beer. have to be twenty-one to listen. Maybe we don't need to go. We don't need to go with blue language and start telling jokes like we're Jim Norton or Bill Burr or something up here. But right, you know, couple couple of shits never never hurt anyone. I would argue it's healthy for you, and yeah. I think that's where we're gonna <laughs> where we're gonna call it. Well, we could talk about your uh, uh, your sweatshirt. Yeah, that has something to do with uh, San Diego beer. Anti-sexist, anti-racist, pro-equality beer club, which I uh, I haven't joined, but you know I uh, agree with everything they stand for. 
pretty simple principles to agree with yeah no i think it is great we actually do need more uh people of color more women in the industry uh diversity makes any community better different backgrounds different different thinking patterns different experiences leads to diversity of ideas and then leads to the the cream rising to the top and giving us the best that society has to offer it so without a doubt but this this hoodie this, this hoodie that I often wear on the show and that you can see me in a lot of a BLT content when I'm out and traveling wearing is something that's spurred out of what is often referred to as the rat magnet stories from last year where a brewer named Brienne from uh, yep. Notch Brewing in Salem, Massachusetts made a post like what uh, it was a very simple question of like what instances of sexism have you experienced in the industry and what followed was an outpouring of oh. stories of terrible experiences and terrible treatment that people uh went through and one of the literally blew up the internet yeah literally blew up the it was the biggest story in craft beer in 2021 without a doubt i mean it was addressed on the main stage of the brewers association craft beer brewers conference every single day they had a had a main stage speech it was it was addressed and uh one of the good things that came out of it was a lot of fundraising efforts to creating more education resources for breweries to up their code of conduct and and make better policies around workplace treatment, especially. And one thing that came out of that was this anti-racist, anti-sexist, pro-equality beer club, uh, shirts, hoodies, hats, fanny packs now, I think in the most recent so. uh, drop. Um, and one of the Big supporters of this movement was the Beer Night in San Diego podcast. So shout out to the Beer Night in San Diego podcast. They were the ones that I believe actually started the shirt and the hoodie as as a charity fundraiser. And it has expanded to five or six iterations of the shirts and tons and tons of fundraising efforts and educational efforts around making the brewing industry a safe and welcoming and inviting place where you know, everybody feels like they belong because they should. There's a beer for everybody and there's space for everybody in the beer industry. So shout out to San Diego. Right on. Great job. Yeah. Closing thoughts. Final thoughts. Well, I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to do a little more research on mermaids and see if uh, maybe there is a possibility. I do. I will say, though, I really do like elephant seals and you can see them out here certain times of the year where they, they actually uh, they've actually closed certain beaches in uh, in San Simeon, California. They, they've closed the beach because it is a elephant seal uh, breeding ground and they will come ashore and you can just stand right on the edge and just just watch the the the, the wild uh, scenes between the elephant seals. They're massive. That's why they're called elephant huge seals. animals. Yeah. So if you're ever in San Simeon or there's other spots too, check them out. Yeah. I haven't seen an elephant seal beer yet. Somebody get on that. Oh, there's got to there's got to be one. There's Red Seal Ale. There's Red Seal Ale from North Coast. North Coast, North Coast, yeah. Great but, brewery. Mike, you've you've participated in our Illustria uh Bruvana trivia show, game show. Yeah. You know that the the most absurd beer names exist, and everything is everything that could be a beer name is is already a beer name. Everything's right. been done. The Simpsons did it. <laughs> Anything to plug, Brian? Yeah, I'm gonna plug the anti-sexist, anti-racist, pro-equality beer club shirts and t-shirts. 
just Google that anti-sexist, anti-racist, pro-quality beer club shirts. You can find them. Uh, you can check out bravenoise.com. It has information on the code of conduct policies that were instituted after that terrible outpouring of those stories. And a lot of good came out of that with people taking an HR, uh, a real HR approach to their workplace relationship. And as an HR a person in HR that works uh, doing that on a daily basis, that that really means a lot that people are dedicating their time to that. Also, check out uh, Beer Night in San Diego podcast. And uh, and Dale has identified the elephant seal <laughs> double IPA <laughs> by the brew house in Santa Barbara. There you go. Hey, look, how, what did that what did that take him? 30 seconds, a minute? Yeah. There we go. Thanks, Dale. Every beer name exists. Um, a plug for us. You can follow us. You can find us always at Bruvana on all the social medias. You can also go to Bruvana.com and check out the wonderful craft beer club, the Bruise Less Travel Beer Club subscription box. You can support this show by by joining that and we'll return your support with uh wonderful craft beer shipped directly to you on a monthly basis the next two boxes we got lined up excellent can't wait to share these beers and share these awesome beer scenes with you so get on that if you're just a podcast listener and for everyone out there check out bruvana.com for our holiday beer a day boxes gonna be a great time the 12 beers of christmas and the hoppy hanukkah box we got excellent beers in that as well yeah. and we're gonna have like 19 nights of straight live stream content for people to join. So lots of shenanigans for the holiday season coming up. And, uh, you know, do your Christmas shopping early. Uh, how about a plug for that? Do, do your do, get, get presents for your loved ones and your friends early and let them know you care about them. Maybe your presents just a call. Yeah, we'll <laughs> at be, least. Yeah, uh, we'll be back next week with our next San Diego episode of Bruce Less Traveled featuring an excellent brewery out of the San Diego County area, North Park Beer Company. But until then, stay safe, be kind and support local breweries. Cheers, everybody. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Ooh.